Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Spirit Reflections Around the Fire Conversations tonight in English. And I'm really happy tonight to have a dear friend from many, many years of spiritual activity, TJ Jackson. Hey, TJ, how are you? I'm doing well, Fred. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Welcome to the conversation around the fire. For those that are joining us the first time, we are broadcasting live on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And we invite you to make your comments, to ask your questions, to participate, and to also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, you, if you enable the notifications, you'll be notified of when we have future episodes. We have conversations around the fire every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time in Portuguese, which is getting translated with English subtitles. So stay tuned for that if you don't speak Portuguese. And every other Wednesday at 7 p.m., we have conversations in English. Tonight, we're doing it a little earlier, uh, but it's still a great conversation around the fire. And the why the fire, for those that have never been here before, it's to take us back to those mythical times of our ancestry when we were hunter-gatherers and we lived in small tribes and we were really connected to nature. And at the end of the day, we would sit around a fire, we would exchange glances with each other, with the people in our community that we trust that we count on as friends for survival. We would sing, we would tell jokes, we would laugh, we would cry. And all the while we would look, look up into the sky at night and also wonder, what are we doing here? Where do we come from? Where are we going? That's how Spirit Reflections was born last year during the pandemic. And we hope that everyone that comes to these conversations can leave feeling a little more comforted, enlightened, and with some spirit reflections or reflections around spiritual topics that you can then later on go in depth and investigate in your own time using the technology we have at our disposal. So I would like to start welcoming people that are here. Elza from London, Helder, our dear friend Helder Martins from Inner Enlightenment Spiritist Society in New York. Good to have you here, my friends. Wonderful. Yara, my dear mom that I love so much. I love Yara. Helps us with everything here in Spirit Reflections. She misses you, TJ. <laughs> I miss her too. Dear friend Roger, Dr. Roger, Adilson, Alessandra. It's like a little reunion here. Nice. Love it. Ivonetti from Brazil. Good evening. Boa noite. So we're going to talk about A Course in Miracles. If you've never heard about it, you're going to learn here for the first time. Elsa, you're still awake. I love it. You're here. Awesome. Thank you for being with us here. We're going to learn about A Course in Miracles and also learn about TJ's uh, personal story and his spiritual journey, which is also deeply intertwined with spiritism in the United States. And so we're going to give our opening vignette to introduce him. I will read his bio and then we'll let TJ lead, uh, get us started here. So let's put our opening vignette and get to it.
That gets us in the mood. And this is, uh, we had to hire a professional pianist. We spent a lot of money to get the <laughs> pianist to play this song that I composed. Cause I want to, I don't want to be able to, I don't want to keep paying copyrights uh, by getting other people's oh. songs. And so created a little tune for those that are watching on Instagram. Uh, this is a little a reminder. There are no comments available there. So if you'd like to interact with us to ask your questions, uh, please go to the YouTube or to the Facebook. And it, the link is on the bio of the Spirit Reflections Instagram channel. Okay. Now, TJ, he has studied comparative religions at the new school, and he's, he conducts a weekly study group in New York City of A Course in Miracles since 2009. He has been a facilitator also of spiritist studies at Inner Enlightenment Spiritist Society in New York City for the past 11 years, and he also teaches healing therapies at Housing Works and holds multiple certifications in coaching. So, TJ, tell us about you. How did you get where you are today? Uh, wow. Well, it's a journey like, like everybody, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, uh, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I'm so grateful to be here with you and with everybody tonight. It is like, I look over to the right and, and I see the people that are here and it's, it's, it's like family. I, I these, these names that I see there and, um, yeah. Okay. I guess like my, my story began in Montana. I grew up in Montana uh, as a little boy. I, I, I w studied catechism and I, I really wanted to believe all the teachings of God, you know, like it was one of those things that I just, I found a, a connection with. Um, but as time went on, I, um, I had a difficult time in school and and uh, because I just really didn't connect with with kids. I was this soft, sensitive kid, uh, a little effeminate, and um, because of that, it, it caused a lot of bullying and problems for me. Um, ultimately, I it turned out that I was I am gay. <laughs> I'm a gay man, and uh, my family found out about that. But the the summer before my mom found out, uh, she had said something to me, you know, there were two, the two worst things that a mother could hear about her child was one that they were hooked on drugs and two that they were homosexual. So the next summer she found a bag of pot in my room and um, also uh, a picture, a photograph of this guy from Ice Capades. And it wasn't even a racy photograph. It was just him by candlelight. And it was and this long heartfelt letter. So um, at that point, my, my mom and my father sat me down and they, uh, they really wanted me to seek professional help for what was happening. And, and I had felt so stifled between what I was enduring through my daily uh, struggles in school and with, with kids that were my age. And I was hanging out with kids that were older than me. What, uh, what age are we talking about? Just so we have an idea. Uh, for me or are the kids both uh, so so i was I, I was about uh 17 18 okay uh but this even began probably when i was in ninth grade i started hanging out with kids that were about three years older than me 
And because of that, like I just accessed the, like people that are do that are older are doing older, interesting things. And, and ultimately I ended up uh, exploring a lot with drugs and, and so fast forward my, I have this conversation with my family. They want me to get help. And, um, and, and I, in, in a sarcastic way, I just said, I don't have an issue with, with it. If you have an issue, maybe you should, you should see this doctor. And, um, and so they thought that I would be a bad influence on my younger brother and sister. And so they, they thought it would be a better idea that I didn't live in their house. So 15 wow. minutes later, I packed up everything I owned, which was not much. And I had a $500 car that I had bought and, and I was working as a dishwasher at a pizza parlor, got an apartment in Montana for, uh, a month. I couldn't afford it. It was a hundred dollars a month and it came furnished and I couldn't afford that. Uh, stayed with and you were 17 there as I just starting this life on your own. Okay. Just turned 18. So, um, then I stayed with a, a friend for that summer and then I took a Greyhound bus from Butte, Montana to Atlanta, Georgia, lived in Atlanta for about three years. And then, um, three to four years. And then I, then I moved to Los Angeles where I lived for about 14 years uh, before coming to New York. But what was interesting in my relationship with, with God was like, you know, during this time, also, this is a time during the AIDS epidemic and, okay. uh, and so many other things were happening. By the time I got to Los Angeles, we have, have things like, um, there were all these protesters that were that were coming out and and the shooting of Harvey Milk. Uh, we had had Matthew Shepard, who, right. uh, you know, he was killed. So you had all of these these people that were all these things that highlighted, uh, you know, homosexuality and, and, and different different choices. Uh, and, and then you had a lot of fundamental Christians that were at these events that were protesting. And, and it was really hard for me to hold that conflict in my mind of God, who I believed loved me. And, and then the fact that my parents uh, felt that I was wrong and I didn't belong and I was a bad influence. So therefore in my mind, I'm not good. Um, and then I, I see all of this other representation. So meanwhile, you're seeing this in society play out. Mm -hmm. This is the 90s AIDS epidemic and Matthew Shepard and Harvey Milk and the fundamentalists attacking. Uh, and as you're in that bus going to Georgia, I just want to maybe take us back in that. What's going in your mind, in your heart on a, on a faith level, on a spiritual level, perhaps? I, I think the fact that I felt so suffocated spiritually, um, in, just in my environment, and 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 none of that is in blame of my parents or, or sure. uh, you know, like they're a product of their environment. And Montana is a very conservative place, redneck. It's very beautiful and in in its nature, but it's not a very beautiful place for a a, a young gay boy, especially at that time, to to be That's living. Time. And, and so when I'm on that bus, like I'm really, uh, I, I was reading this book, Dancer from the Dance, which is kind of like a little, it's, it's like a historical perspective of gay life and Fire Island and New York and all this stuff. 
which I hadn't even been to. So I'm learning all about, about this, about life, about community. And I'm going to Atlanta where I had a stepbrother that lived there. And um, I stayed with him for a couple of weeks. I, I had told him I was going to get a job there. And I, I, as soon as I got there, when I got off the bus, he said, TJ, if you come back downtown, just don't go this way because this is where all the drug dealers are. This is where all the hookers are. This is, and, and this is the bad side of town, the dark side of town. So I think it was probably that same week I was on Marta and I went right downtown <laughs> and I'm walking around and I'm just looking for something. I don't know what I'm looking for, but I, I see uh, this bar and it, and it, and it, has black windows and I go inside and they just have a little little publication that has all of the businesses and all of the community happenings and and I got a job as a bartender. So wow. I I felt like I didn't have an education, I didn't have money and there were times in my life where I didn't have uh even enough to eat. You know, I remember wow. a, a time in particular where I had asked my family if they would send me something and, and, and they just wouldn't. And, um, you know, I, when I look back on those times, they were difficult. They were hard, right? They were, they were my, my struggle. Like sexuality to me is, is, is part of my destiny. So it brings with it all of its challenges that I get to grow through spiritually to, right. to to find myself in, in inner alignment with with myself and and whatever my view of of God's relationship with that in me is and um and I just felt as though I was cared for I I had I had people around me I had friends that I had met and, and th these people like they stood in in spots for me for moments in my life you know like and 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 for some reason, I was always hanging out with people that were smarter than me, that were more successful than me. And, um, and whenever I had a chance to do anything that would, that they would have done, I tried to embody, I tried to use that as a modeling for my life. And, uh, so ultimately I felt like God was caring for me when I couldn't care for myself and my mom even even my relationship with my mom which is really beautiful because uh she was 17 when she had me and right. uh so she was a kid had, had a kid and we were growing up together but in in we, five years we didn't we didn't see each other and in those five years she had uh changed a lot and i had changed a lot and and i was able to share with her more honestly who i was and what was happening in my life. I didn't have to edit out my conversations for her benefit. And so she's been a great teacher for me. She really ha has provided me a lot of lessons. And, um, and so I met Marianne Williamson in Atlanta. She was speaking, I think, at Science of Religion, uh, like doing like a guest spot there. And for those that don't know who she is, TJ, tell us a little bit about Marianne Williamson in this context before you tell us that moment in your life. Okay. Uh, Marianne Williamson, people often get confused with uh, her being the person who, who has written The Course in Miracles. Uh, Marianne is, is, like she's a mentor to me and and she's amazing she's so 
smart and intellectually relevant and and knows how to translate what's happening in the moment to the course in the in course in miracles but she started studying the course I think the the course was first published in 1972 or 75. I can't remember. And I Early think 70s, Mar yeah. and Marianne started shortly after that. And there was a whole group of people that kind of hung out here in New York. Um, a gentleman named John Mundy, who is also a huge teacher of the Course in Miracles. And they had this tight knit group that connected, got connected with Kenneth, Kenneth Wapnick and Judith Scutch. And Judith Scutch is the uh, woman who is the head of the foundation for inner, for uh, inner peace, inner peace. Yeah. <laughs> I get confused with my own, <laughs> with my, my job yesterday. Uh, so uh, yeah, she's really, really great, but they, they were all together and, and really Kenneth Wapnick, Judith Scutch, and some people from the the west coast helped uh helen shookman who was the medium that channeled these works and then her uh helen was a, a professor at at columbia and was going through a really difficult time um, right and and her boss was a gentleman named william tetford and he he was also a professor in psychology in the medical department there and and helen was at such odds with herself that she she really didn't know what to do and she was also at the same time having these experiences that she didn't she couldn't like put her finger on or, or understand right. what was happening okay just just so that we're clear we're not 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 talking about marianne anymore we're talking about the medium who channeled course in miracles right I, yeah i'm just just clarifying okay. that so so okay cool but ult ultimately uh, we can go back to talking about that later uh marianne is this woman who who's just she she ran for the presidential for office. president yeah she was a yes. presidential candidate in the last cycle for sure yeah but she has been amazing at at uh disseminating the course in miracles and so she uh had had taught here in new york and then she moved to the west coast and she was uh teaching at the sabu theater um where she she would do her lectures and and uh so i i went there every every monday i think it was and um eventually marianne came back to new york and that was probably just a few years ago i think at one point fred you might have uh met marianne I actually did meet her, but it wasn't in a Course in Miracles context. It was a real estate context, but it was still it was a lot of fun because I already admired her. I so, put her the name of her book here, A Return to Love, TJ. That's what really catapulted her in the collective sphere, right? And that is her her understanding of and how it how it resonated with meaning for her in relationship to the teachings of A Course in Miracle. So uh, Marianne is a teacher. She is not the writer. She is not the, the medium or the, the uh, transcriber, but mm -hmm. um, she's probably the most well-known outside of some other people who not in the public arena, but maybe the theological arena, uh, uh, William, uh, not William Tedford, uh, Kenneth Wapnick, 
and and John Mundy and people like that and Judas Scutch. So they're really responsible for um, taking. I want to show you uh, mm -hmm. some, something, just because you can you can kind of see from uh, this is uh, uh, one of the original notes from Helen Shookman that that was transcribed um, from what she was receiving in, in A Course in Miracles. And, uh, and so she she's grew up Jewish and, uh, and she's receiving these inspirations that sound a lot like Jesus. <laughs> and she, meanwhile, this is a psychologist professor at Columbia University, a very hardcore academic institution, very scientific oriented. And she's surrounded by colleagues that think alike, surgeons, physicians, psychiatrists. That's that's where she's at where when she starts to receive these, right, TJ? Here right. In, New, in New York City. Right. And so I, th I think she started receiving uh, uh, communications in 1965. But the, the Course in Miracles, the book was not published until 1972. Uh, and it was only because of these other people, uh, Kenneth Wapnick and Judith Scutch, they they helped to bring this together and ed edit the book. Right. So um, this version that I hold here is uh, from the Circle of Atonement. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, it is an atoned atonement, atoned writing of uh, the notes of A Course in Miracles. So it has elements of, of Helen's own notes. And then I have another book here, which is so for those for those like me that don't know what you just said. What is an atoned writing? A, a, no, a, no, a noted, a noted. I'm sorry, like annotations, like annotations. Got it. Yeah, got it. Got it. Okay. This is the book that I study from, and this is mm -hmm. the book that the foundation uh, recommends. So after after the book was published, because it had so many different. Um, people that were involved in it, there were all these fragmentations of, of uh, copies, of public published copies. So the Circle of Atonement, the Pathways of Light, uh, I think there, um, there's a sparkle ed, uh, edition, which is just a black cover. They're all different publishers. So they're, they have different translations, but this is the book that the foundation recommends. And in this book is, is a, is a text that we stud that I study from in my group. There's a workbook for students, and and this workbook has 365 lessons. So they're meant to be used as daily uh, lessons, but the course also sort of understands us at at, at the level that we're at, and and it it tells us that that we don't. We shouldn't do more than one lesson a day. And if we need to take our time and we can do one lesson a week, then to just do them consecutively. But I think it's for any of your uh, listeners and people that are that are uh, here and interested in, in studying A Course in Miracles, I highly recommend uh, doing the daily uh, meditations, the lessons on your own, and then 
if you can, there are so many resources. Uh, if you go on on the uh, Foundation for Inner Peace or uh, Pathways of Light or Circle, uh, the Circle of Atonement, uh, all of these sites have resource resources right for, for and even when i was doing some research on youtube there are so many channels that have daily lesson number 48 or 65 the actual reading and some commentary some meditation some guided uh, visualizations for people to truly uh internalize the teaching so it's all out there folks <laughs> yeah there, there there's it's it's truly one of the most beautiful things because it's um it's a psycho spiritual text, so it's really psycho, not in not in the sense of psychic, but in the sense of psychological, right? Right. So yeah. the course really um, is at, at, like when you think of atonement, I think of just the word at one minute, and you can and, at and, one minute. and our psyche has at some point split into into this fragmentation and these perceptions that that make it very difficult for us to connect with ourselves spiritually and so it is meant to help remove the blocks to to uh what it would say is love I, I put it here, atonement, at one meant, right? <laughs> one, th one thing I found in the course, and I haven't studied it in depth like you have, you conduct weekly study groups in, in your home there that you can, in, in the days of the pandemic, you can also uh, broadcast on Zoom. And so that happens on Saturday mornings. And so I make an open invitation for anyone here who's interested in learning and studying with TJ's group on Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. His group meets and and now they're meeting virtually and they study the the book and the people that are reflecting around it are just really beautiful people. I, I know a few of them, just wonderful, heartfelt uh, group. And one thing that I noticed, TJ, is that there's a lot of deconstructing that the course aims to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of emptying out a very sort of um, in, methodical, uh, systematized deconstructing of our preconceived ideas before you start adding stuff in, right? Right. That that's that's amazing that you that you uh, are able to appreciate that because the first the first half of the lessons are just about the deconstruction, and 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 it's uh, it can be a little heavy mentally, you know, uh, just because it takes you one way. And then it, it almost takes you another. And at some point, you're deconstructing all of these old beliefs. And, and, and I found that um, for some of my students, like at, at some point, like they felt very vulnerable because the, the foundation of their belief system that they had relied upon no longer uh, is 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 solid for them and they also don't have this other one in place right it's a transition the transformation right yeah so um and 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 my my journey with the course has really been slow so i i studied as, as i said not only um since 2009 but but i've been studying in the 80s and and, and with marianne in in los angeles 
Um, go, go ahead. I, I do want to take, maybe this is a good moment for us to bring Marianne's quote here. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So, folks, for those that uh, are wanting to see Marianne Williamson, one of the biggest sort of interpreters uh, of The Course in Miracles that she teaches, this is a documentary that's available on YouTube. It's probably the oldest documentary that was assembled and actually interviews the creators and go takes takes us through the actual genesis of how the text came about. It's a really beautiful documentary. It's only one hour long. But there was a 30-second moment that really floored me. I had to stop. I had to go back and listen to it a few times. And I wanted to share here so that we could grasp one of the many deep ideas of the Course, beautiful concepts. And here's Marianne talking about this when she actually experiences it for the first time. So I'm going to put it on the screen. Now we'll talk about that. And then let's hear your comments about it because I'd like to know if you if you guys have any feedback on what she says and how you resonate with it too because I think it's cool. A really cool quote. All right, here we go. Felt, as so many people have said, that I had come home. What I didn't have that A Course in Miracles gave me is a deep sense that faith in God is inseparable from faith in other people. And that's what it means to me in my life. It is a continuous reminder that my temptation to find guilt in my brother is an attack on myself. That was what I'm going to put that again. <laughs> so many people said that I had come home. What I didn't have that A Course in Miracles gave me is a deep sense that faith in God is inseparable from faith in other people. And that's what it means to me in my life. It is a continuous reminder that my temptation to find guilt in my brother is an attack on myself. That was what so moved me the first day I ever read a page of The Course in Miracles, and it's the message that most moves me today. Wow. It's really beautiful, right? Faith in God is inseparable from faith in other people. Yes. <laughs> that alone we have to digest. And then my temptation to find guilt in my brother is an attack on myself. Why, why would that be? Oh, uh, Tiago says that the audio is a little low, Tiago. Okay, so I'm going to repeat what she said for those that maybe didn't hear it. So she says that one of the biggest lessons that she got from A Course in Miracles is that faith in God is inseparable from faith in other people. And... Her temptation, our temptation to find guilt in my brother is an attack on myself. Okay. So the, the Course in Miracles is really about forgiveness. And forgiveness uh, involves the atonement and the at-one-ment at process. And, and in that process is what would be deemed as miracle. There are miracles, and mir miracles serve 
only the function of the atonement, and once the atonement has occurred, they no longer serve any purpose. So they only have that function. And, um, and, so, and in this sense of atonement, it is to restore the oneness within. Right. Is that correct? Right. I, I like to, to explain it to uh, students th this way. You know, we, we have this, this difficulty because we, we see through our limited perception of our human eyes. And, and, and very often, because life is so overwhelming, you know, we haven't even taken the time to connect inward to find w where we are spiritually. And, and it's only in that, in that uh, inner connection to our spirit that we find the truth. And I think if, if uh, Miguel Ruiz and, and a lot of other people have explained this, but we are an idea in the mind of God forever extended and, and we have never left the garden. For some reason, we think we were in this garden, we did something wrong, and we separated into these, and we went someplace else. We had to hide, you know? So there's a part of our consciousness that really wants to, it doesn't want you to look inside. Because we are an idea in the mind of God forever extended, and we never left the garden. Never left it. And so okay. the Course in Miracles would say that we are still here in, in, in the mind of God and only our perception of this world and, and is, is like a construct of our separateness. Like we've separated from the consciousness of spirit. And you think about that and, and uh, the Course in Miracles uh, works a lot on, on forgiveness because I need to find that forgiveness within myself. I need to release that judgment within myself so that I can see myself as a spirit, so that I can see the wholeness of my spirit. Because in every movement, in every uh, instant, I am a, a, a perfect idea in the mind of God evolving, right? So I, I think that for me to find that, I have to ask God, I have to ask for that relationship. I have to ask God to show me what a, in in my spirit that he would have me see and and this was a struggle even for the creator of the course who never intended to be a leader of some spiritual teaching that was the last thing on her mind at the time right just the whole process was kind of interesting because uh here is william tetterford the guy who transcribed the teachings and sort of like helped her sort of gain a perspective and said no but you got to do this she who was a psychiatrist at Columbia University, her colleague there, right? At right. the faculty. And 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 Helen's Jewish. They end up spending so much time together that Helen develops feelings for William. So she's got this love affair that and William's like, it's never gonna happen. And and so she's at odds with the process and, and at odds with the teachings because the teachings aren't of her uh of her Jewish uh teachings you know that they're, they're of a christian fundamental teaching and she doesn't know why it's coming up that way and i think that you know when we look at the difference between the old testament and the new testament and jesus comes to us like jesus br brings uh 
not a new 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 idea, but he he disseminates the the not the content, but the 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 context, which is love, right? And so if we are an idea within the mind of love, we are extended out into the universe, right? Forever expanding and purifying. So in every instant of that, while I'm still in my purification process, that part of my process is perfect, it's whole, and it's complete. And God's, my vision of what I've understood from my relationship with God is God sees me as a child. He, he doesn't expect me to, to be at the end, but he expects me to be where I am. Right. And, and, and in being where I am and allowing myself the opportunity to learn, I can only learn without judgment. If without I judge, if, if I'm, if I'm, like I judge, sometimes I, I, I used to judge that part of me that in Montana that was so afraid and that I tried to camouflage myself to blend in and did a lot of things that, that ended up taking me so far away from myself, you know, but, but it's, I have to go back and find that part of me because I can't leave a part of myself. Right. Right. And, and this is how the minutia of the fragmentation of separateness occurs. And, and, and so I bring back together what God created as one, right? One spirit. And, and that one spirit is connected to the one mind, the mind yeah. of Christ. So I, you know, people look at, 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 at the teachings of Jesus and even the Course in Miracles looks at the, at the teachings of Jesus. And we often see the suffering and we relate to the suffering because we, we, we identify with our own suffering. And, and as a little boy, I remember being in church and seeing that image of Jesus on, on the cross and all the stations of the, of the cross around me. And, and, it, and it was as horrifying to me then as it is today, you know, that, that, that there's a consciousness that could, could create that would manifest something like this and, and project that onto to another spiritual being. You are my my brother, and you truly are my brother. <laughs> I really really believe that in my heart, and uh, and and so, actually, you're probably my older brother, even though I'm older than you. <laughs> and, because of the hair? <laughs> no, no, but uh, Fred, you have an incredible wisdom, and 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 I've learned so much uh, with you, and you inspire me in so many different ways, and this is just another one of those ways. Uh, but but it's 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 uh like when we're brought together our personalities sometimes rub up against each other and that's friction right but without those struggles we don't grow you know right. it's only through those difficulties only through the challenges only through the things that i i i couldn't accept that i have to find acceptance for in myself that i find forgiveness and right. when I when I find that in myself, then I can see you not for what you're doing to me, that I'm not victimized by your experience. And Spiritism, I think, would say this that that our fingerprints are on everything, right? Right. You know, because in some other life we've probably manifested. So in some other evolution of our spirit, we've carried forward right. something. Um, but but it's 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 really about 
about just seeing ourselves whole as spirit and seeing our brother as spirit. And our only goal is to call forth my brother's truth, his greatness, his wholeness, his perfection. If, you, if you, I'm your little brother, even though you think I've done something wrong, I hope you're going to teach me. Our dad wants you to teach me. He right. wants you to show me the way. Uh, but if you judge me, you're going to, what you're doing is you're showing what you have faith in. So Marianne's really talking about, I can't have faith in, in God and then have this judgment because what I'm saying then is what's here on this earth, what's here in this occurrence, this situation, this, my projected thought is what's real. I'm holding faith in that. And that's Absolutely. quite literally a fearful thought. And and her, what she said also, as you're saying this too, as I did some research before our conversation today, this, the course also strikes, strikes a lot on the notion of victimhood and being a victim. And I believe that if you have these deeply ingrained belief that we were expelled from a garden because we've sinned, then on a subconscious level, deep, deep there, we are victims and we believe it. And so if you're able to deconstruct this primal notion that we were never expelled from the garden, we're still there, and it's all beautiful and perfect within, then it helps us to then leave the victim state and then stop seeing victims out there and then pointing the fingers and all of that. And I believe that you actually embody that, TJ, and I got to say, uh, I've met you in a spiritist center that has a 90-90% uh, presence of Brazilians, many of whom didn't really speak fluent English, and yet you've you were able to be so uh, flexible, so understanding, so patient, and be able to just like water work with the flow that was given there, always in such a generous way and compassionate way. That in many ways, I think you've exemplified some of these teachings of the Course for more than 11 years as you continue to be of service in a spiritist center and continue to help disseminate this truly beautiful spiritual tool, this philosophy that we call it spiritism or the spiritist doctrine. And I actually, as I say this, I want to lead to a question. Uh, what, In what ways do you see similarities between spiritism ideas and the Course in Miracles ideas? Well, well, spiritism is is really about looking at our evolution through the lens of reincarnation and the lens of mediumship and 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 teachings from the spirit world. These teachings of A Course in Miracles are also through the lens of mediumship. They are also inspirations from spirit. So uh, they're both, and, and actually, uh, there's so much like the spirits book in 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 spiritism is really like a, a psycho spiritual text yeah. you know it, it has a lot of commonality with explaining the different aspects and and so what i was saying to you earlier when when if somebody's studying the course i recommend them studying the the lessons and and then studying the text because the text gives context to the lessons Otherwise, it's going to be too heady, and you're you're not going to be able to hold it. So, for me, one of the things, so I have this a little bit of belief in God. I, I sort of feel like God's presence was with me, 
fast forward, I'm here in New York, my life's falling apart because of me. I, I have everything good in my life, but I can't hold it, you know, and, and because I kept thinking if I had these things in my life, I would find happiness. I would be at peace with myself. And the more I had, the more dis-ease I had, the more unpeaceful I felt. And it was only in a moment that I went to Brazil that I was sitting on the beach and, and, and seeing the beauty of the nature there and the richness of the culture and, and the warmness and also the pain of the poverty. And, and, and I was on the beach, but those things were together and they had something that I didn't have. And, and everybody was smiling. Everybody was laughing, no matter what they were doing. You know, it was, even if it was something that was like maybe not, not the most luxurious or something that, you know, like they were happy because it's so simple. You don't need things to make you happy. And so here I was with all these things unhappy and I came back home um, and I made, I had to make a decision. I had so much going on in my life that I really needed to land. And uh, I had a, a, a partner that I was in a relationship with and he brought me to uh, inner enlightenment for the first time. I went one time and then I, then I was gone for about a month and then I came back and um, while I was away, I had gotten a message from Angie Stewart, who was one of the directors and, and she wrote me this heartfelt uh, message and, and it made me want to return. So I came back not because I of the teachings of spiritism, not because I was even interested in them, but because the night I was there, I felt so much love. I felt Elder was there and Jenny was there and Abilio was there and all of Adilson and all of these people that that and you, you know, like all these people that made that environment so loving. And I needed to be loved. I needed to be in love's presence so I could just land and begin to find myself. And, and, and I took these, uh, the propositions of both the, the, the Course in Miracles as well as Spiritism. And, and I'm not all that smart, but I tried, I tried to ask myself, like, where does this live in my life? What are the examples that I can point to that is like that in my life. And it was only in those pieces together and they layered. So, so it's like, I grew up Catholic, my godmother, my godfather, you know, the Bible that I carried around with me forever, you know, and all these religious things that are symbolic of the importance of God in my life didn't come together, you know? And then all of a sudden I just said, I'm gonna dedicate God, if you give me the time, I will treat that time as though it's a blessing. And I will take that blessing and I will do whatever you want me to do with it. And it's maybe the one thing that I have done well is, is that I really feel a responsibility. I feel that that brother responsibility, like because like, God has been so good to me and in so much abundance that I, I feel called to share, share that blessing with others. And yeah. so I, I try to, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a student. I'm not a teacher, you know, right. but I, I love uh, 
and knowing on a personal level, you truly embody this non-judgmental, welcoming approach of open-mindedness to help people. And you do help a lot of people on a weekly basis on so many different uh, arenas in New York City, which is really admirable. And it's part of it is your uh, roots that I know you got from these spiritual texts like Course in Miracles, like Spiritism and so many others. TJ, I wanted to invite you to share something from the book that you had there. And as you pick them up, tell us a little bit about the book while I share the screen here for people that are interested in purchasing it. So um, this is the book. It's called Gifts from A Course in Miracles. And it's actually taken from little excerpts that are, um, are out of A Course in Miracles. And Helen was also a poet and she wrote, uh, Francis, this book is by Francis Vaughn and, and uh, Roger Walsh. Who, and Roger Walsh wrote um, Reflections on the Mind of Christ. Uh, and, and, and really, like they, they, they all have these, these strong spiritual uh, aspects that they brought to the book, but they pulled from the content of the Course in Miracles. And, and wrote different selections on different aspects of the lessons and what and what we learned. So tonight, one of the things I wanted to share with you guys is uh, one of the lessons that's called a new, a new beginning. And so, you know, we've talked a lot and, and I really invite you, first of all, I encourage whatever lifts you up in spirit. You know, if it's not A Course in Miracles, if it's Spiritism, if it's it's Christianity, if it's Buddhism, if it's the Tao Te Ching, whatever that is, we but we need to have, I, I, for me, I need to have uh, a community to learn with. I have a, need to have a community to grow with. I need to have a community to serve because that is where, and this is probably why I do what I do, it's how I've found meaning and how I found purpose in my life. And, and it's funny because all of those things that used to be so important to me have just fallen away. So I'm going to just invite everybody to relax maybe. Um, yeah, let's engage into a moment of introspection, reflection, meditation, get better prepared and acclimated to receive these ideas you're going to read for us now. And so... Let's just take a deep breath in and, and then as we release our breath, we'll just let go of anything that would prevent us from being fully present here now, listening to the inspirations of these words. A new beginning. There will come a time when images have all gone by and you will see you know not what you are. It is to this unsealed and open mind that truth returns unhindered and unbound where concepts of the self have laid, had been laid by is truth revealed exactly as it is. Let us be still.
an instant and forget all the things we ever learned, all the thoughts we had, and every preconception of what things mean and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Let every image of everyone be loosened from our mind and swept away. Be innocent of judgment, unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Now do you know him not, but you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew. Only be quiet. You will need no rule but this to let your practicing today lift you above the thinking of the world and free your vision from the body's eyes. Only be still and listen. Simply do this. Be still and lay aside all thoughts of what you are and what God is, all concepts you have learned about the world, all images you hold about yourself. Empty your mind of everything it thinks is true or false or good or bad of every thought it judges worthy and all the ideas of which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought the past has taught, nor one belief you ever learned before from anything. Forget this world. Forget this course. And come with holy, empty hands unto your God. So it is. Amen to that. I loved how the central idea is about removing anything from my hands so that it's wholly empty, emptying out. And it sort of also was in... in uh, alignment with what Marianne was was saying. It's about releasing that judgment and, and about really seeing God in, in each other. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, you guys have all gotten more beautiful as time has gone by. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but, you know, maybe it is the way that we see each other. You know, I, I'm around so many people that, that are so open-hearted and, and who also struggle like me, you know. Yeah. Um, but we we're learning and we're on this journey together and we're not alone. And, and, and that's the beauty of this whole thing. And, and I think we're at a very important moment in, in a transition, spiritual transition. Right. And, I'm going to recap for those that are, we're 
since we got to close, but I, one of the, some of the things I've taken away from our conversation tonight is truly deconstructing this notion of being a victim because we never were expelled from that garden, mythically, symbolically. So we are at one with God. Forgiveness, such a process for us to embark on, such a journey to learn forgiveness in such a wholesome, deep way. The Course in Miracles can be a very powerful tool for it. Uh, and John is saying here, we and you have evolved. Thank you, John. Lovely, lovely thought as well, of course. Gloria had mentioned this earlier because we see God in other when we don't fall into the temptation of finding faults in my brother because I understand I'm attacking myself always when I do that, right? So, uh, and one of the last things I just wanted to mention, like all of these enlightened spiritual tools, which I, before one, believe they're part of the beautiful arsenal of peace that the consoler is bringing to the earth. And the Course in Miracles is just one of them as well. It's not meant to isolate you into a sect or a cult or a belief system or a faith. You get, you get to practice this alongside with every other tool and creed and belief system. So it's very freeing that way. So... Uh, let's go deep into this tool as well. And I wanted to thank you, TJ, once again, for being here, for sharing this time with us. My Invite everyone to come to come to Spirit Reflections YouTube channel, to subscribe, to send your feedback about what kind of topics you'd like to hear and what kind of conversations you'd like to see. Elza, thank you so much for being here with us. Greetings to all the beautiful people on that side of the pond. Thank you and so much for coming tonight. Yara says this course gives freedom to us from ourselves and she and her friends are actually doing a weekly study of the Course in Miracles and she said it's been so transforming on so many levels so so thanks guys for being here Tiago and let's continue to uh, go on this journey together and I always like to close our broadcasts with this song from 1969's Age of Aquarius from the uh, um, group called Fifth Dimension and it's a mantra that is a reminder for us to invite the the light of the sun so that it can shine in let the sun shine in and so TJ big hug Stay well, be safe, be healthy. Hope we get to see you in person for an in-person hug soon. I would love that. And we will see you all around the fire at a future episode. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.